モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. GVGP episode 54 is about to get underway. The nine year anniversary show of generic video game podcast. E3 may be a relic, but this podcast still lives on. Traditionally, the summer months for gaming are usually a desert wasteland. Yet 2023 is already off to a jam packed start, and summer is even more crammed. Over the past 90 days, Molly and I have played the latest and greatest, which are ironically remakes and remasters of yesteryear's finest. Everything from RE4 Remake to Metroid Prime Remastered, retro re releases, and more are on the table for discussion this evening. Thank you for hitting that download button, turning up the volume, and giving another crack at the generic video game podcast. Welcome to the show. On、uh, this、uh, episode, we're going to be talking about high yield savings accounts.、Uh, is your money、uh, where it should be, and is it working hard enough for you?、Uh, no.、Um, I, I, I've been on. That's the saddest thing is. The most of my time spent lately has been looking at savings accounts instead of video games. That is, that is where my life has gotten to. It's been, it's been weird because of my job situation, because now that we're not doing the website anymore and we're just focusing on the magazine,、um, you, you very quickly like, get out of step with what's going on. But I have played some things and I have seen some things. So. You've done a couple of reviews in recent memory, correct?、Uh, when was our last show? Approximately, if we're getting technical,、oh, no. it was 98 days ago on the recording. It's been about、uh, three months for fans. Approximately February 23rd. Okay, so yeah, so I did.、Uh, oh, fe- earlier in February, I'm sorry, a little earlier in February. I did, I did Wolong, and then I, I just finished.、Um, oh, God.、Uh, uh, Advance Wars. Reboot camp. I had no plan to start there, but because you brought it up,、uh, what were your feelings on that? And this one was done by Way Forward, <clears throat> and I can't believe it's been over 20 years since the Game Boy Advance iterations. Yeah, I think, I think what was nice for me, and this isn't anything against、um, Fire Emblem, but I, so I got into Fire Emblem when it was back on the 3DS. Is, 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 okay. is that where it really started coming out to America? I'm trying to remember. Yes, I believe Fire Emblem made its official American debut on GameCube. No, that's a lie. It was Game Boy Advance, I believe.、Okay. But there was Fire Emblem、uh, and then Fates.、Um, yeah, it was the one before Fates,、that's、I'm right, assuming,、yeah. that you started on、uh, DS、yeah. or 3DS.、Yeah. Okay, well, so, so 3DS is where I started with the series. And、um, I think, like, It, it's funny because for other games, for me, I would be the one saying, I want more character involvement. I want more, you know, storyline <laughs> stuff and that kind of thing.、Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel now like those games are just so big and so involving with everything you have to do outside the fights that it's kind of nice going back to those, those first two Advance Wars games through this new re- release and just. I mean, they do have story and characters and stuff, but it's just, it's so focused on those fights, you know?、Right. And it's, it's kind of nice to have a lot of that social stuff stripped away and just have 
maps with little units that you move around. Kind of more <clears> focusing <throat> on the actual strategic element, getting to the action. Yeah. And it, it's it's got it's got a few issues. Um, like you can you can undo your entire turn, but you can't undo like a move that you just made. Which it's just it's always easy for you to kind of like zone out a little bit and make a mistake. And so I kind of wish they'd put that in there. The um, there's a few other kind of quality of life things that it could have it could have done with. And then playing online is only one v one and also only with people on your friends list which wow. kind of sucks so so there are there are a few things that kind of keep it from being really great but i don't know it's it's neat and you kind of know what you're getting into you know if you've played those games but it's a lot prettier now and um it it's yeah it's it's advanced wars you know what when i see advanced wars play uh, and mind you it's the template, it's it, the Advance Wars is over two decades old now, what it's based off of. Started as Famicom uh, Wars on the Oh, Famicom. that's right. Good. Well, I guess this kind of, uh, kind of checkmates me, so to speak, but I, when I look at it, it reminds me of Nectaris. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But I guess uh, Famicom Wars would probably predate Nectaris by a year or two, I would imagine. I'm trying to think of when Famicom Wars came out. I don't know, hmm. um, but I mean, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't I don't know that Famicom Wars was an original thing anyway. It's it's on its own because there's a lot of computer stuff going on back then. But um, right, you know, it's funny because as I said in my my review, it's kind of interesting that you don't necessarily think of Nintendo as like a strategy company, but they and, and then they're not you know, Intelligent Systems is making um, Advance Wars and also Fire Emblem, but. Like, they've got those two franchises, they've got Pikmin, so, like, they've got quite a few, like, strategy games. Right. To their name, and, like, mm. you don't think of them as that strategy kind of company. Right. Well, um, spinning off from that, I mean, there's a lot to, a lot's happened in the last, God, not even just 90 days, but last month. Um, you know, we, I, I feel as of late, we like to kind of talk a bit more about retro stuff, but this episode is kind of fitting because just naturally we're either going to be discussing long time, multi-decade ongoing series, remasters, remakes. I would say for myself, um, I've, I'm on the last chapter on Resident Evil 4 remake. Which I have not touched beyond the demo yet. So, because I, I was kind of, well, one, I'm a cheapskate at this point, so I'm waiting for it to go on sale. Uh, but the other problem was, you know, both the PS5 and Xbox series versions of the game had some issues, mm. which it sounds like are getting resolved. Maybe not 100%, but they're getting they're getting better. So I was kind of waiting on those to kind of see how that worked out. But how, how has your experience been? Uh, I will say I'll start off with the numbers because, as we all know, it's all about the score and not either reading the review or anything yes. else. Uh, I'm being sarcastic. I-, I felt Resident Evil 4, which, uh, if you can believe this, uh, for starters, the original one came out January 11th, 2005. So if that doesn't make you feel old. And this one, uh, the remaster hit March 24th of 2023. So it's about 18 uh, years apart, almost 20 years 
as well. Funny, funny, funny quick story. Um, yeah. I, I don't tend to borrow games very often from people, but I did borrow a copy of Resident Evil 4 for GameCube because I hadn't played it um, from a friend. And I, I played it for a bit and then went out pretty quickly and got my own copy. Oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I think, you know, I'm sure we've talked about this in the past on the show, but uh, cutting to the chase on my feeling, you know, I gave the original one a 10. I would still give this one a 10. I will make one slight notation, and it's not a complaint. I don't know if this is going to sound weird. I would still place it in that elusive 10 category. But I, I don't think the jump was quite as great from... Resident Evil 2, 1998 yeah. to, to... Does that no, make yeah, sense? Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of one of the arguments was, was is... Especially, I mean, it's it was a weird thing because of... You had... I'm not saying it was, it was superb, but you had, like, Resident Evil 4, the HD re-release, right? With the up-res textures and stuff. And then you had um, that really crazy uh, fan project... Oh, yeah, Where yeah. they were going and yeah, finding they, yeah. all of the original sources uh-huh. for the photos that Capcom took to make all the textures and stuff. And so you had, like, not even just the fact that the original game was was so much more modern compared to, like, an RE2 was originally, you know, uh, in terms of design, in terms of, you know, being a, a 3D right. polygon world and stuff like that. But then we've had those other steps along the way. So yeah, it, it, it wasn't like RE2 was just mind-blowing when it first came out. And I know RE3 wasn't what everybody exactly wanted all the way, but that as well was really, really shocking to see like just how far that game had come. Whereas with RE4, it, it had a lot less road to travel to get to that point. So I think it is kind of a little less impressive just because we could imagine what it would become. Whereas when I think when people played the RE2 remake for the first time, it was, I mean, you knew what the Capcom could do, but it was still hard to kind of imagine that being the end result. Right. It's a weird statement to make. I will say, and I'll give credit to Digital Foundry, the DF Tech Review. I watched the old... I, excuse me, I watched the tech review for the original versions of RE4, GameCube, the ill-fated then-PC port, mm-hmm. as well as PS2, and then I also watched their tech review for the modern incarnation across PlayStation and Xbox. I will also say, while the GameCube version has aged greatly, the, the mind can also play tricks. Right on you so it is one of those things to give credit where credit is due um but uh yeah it, it's it's been a great game oh i know what i was gonna say i'm gonna kill two birds with one stone with this statement which is very interesting that both of these games in 2023 came out a month apart the most amazing compliment i can give to resident evil 4 as well as Metroid Prime. Maybe Metroid Prime in some ways a little more because that predates RE4 by three years. Both of those titles were way ahead of their time. Well, I would would also um, 
since it also was this year, I'd also include Dead Space in that as well. Oh, yes. In all fairness, yeah. Well, I'm not a Dead Space expert, but yes, I watched some reviews and some comparisons. It's crazy to think how old Dead Space is now. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's it's been a really it's you know, like I know I know people um, can get in that mindset of like bitching about remakes you know, and re-releases and saying just make new games instead of keep doing this. But this year we've seen three <clears throat> really good right. remakes for really good games that deserved it. Mm. Mm. So it's it's been it's been an interesting year in terms of remakes so far. It's it's like right. it's some years it's like oh okay we got that game and oh we got that game. It was very well deserving, right? Which would be funny. Be funny if if Silent Hill Two was going to be this year. I've been staying so quiet on that because honestly, I I I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't mean it could be awesome. I um, I, I yeah, I just worry about the team behind it, and um, it's the you know like. I mean, Resident Resident Evil Four, right? It, it's it's not the same team, but it's still Capcom, right? And Capcom has this, I have to assume, <clears throat> deep appreciation for their previous games, right? You know, and right. wanting to get it right. Uh, Super Metroid was that was that? Did Retro do that remake? I remember. I don't know who who did the the Metroid Prime yeah, remastered remaster. Damn you! You caught me. I don't. I don't know who did there. that. Okay, so we'll play that side. Um, Dead Dead Space. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the team, but you know they they had a, a a clear understanding of the game, and I look, I love the original Dead Space, but it 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 was not a Silent Hill two in terms of like story and narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Silent Hill two, like so much of that game is atmosphere and world building and those kind of deeper meanings and stuff, and you've got a team that hasn't really showed that they understand that kind of stuff really really well so it's a little worrying well speaking of silent hill 2 and konami i guess we can stick this in here a little bit out of order but for the umpteenth time that is one of the rumors floating around for the upcoming rumored playstation showcase in a couple weeks from the time of this recording is that a couple other konami franchises might pop up yeah, like uh, the the I don't know the rumor I keep hearing is Metal Gear Solid Three remake, right? They're still sticking to. I mean, I, I'm not complaining because uh, we've been through this a million times. The argument is there for the best one in the series, and I'm not going to argue that. And I know we got Twin Snakes on Cube, which is now 20 years old. But yeah, like, a lot of people can, hate can, Twin Snakes. Like, can we? Can we? Like, can we get Metal Gear Solid three done? <laughs> well, I, I would, I would actually say the one that needs it the most right now is, is MGS four. Oh yeah, because and of that I, being look, stuck I enjoyed on the PS3. it. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And 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 that's I've a, never played it, but I I am well aware of the load times in that game. You know. Uh well yeah if I remember uh, so I have gone through that game in its entirety. 
that was more between the chapters. Right, the stuff. That was crazy, but it was cool because it had uh, old snake smoking and using the the throwaway the the cigarette. Uh, what do you, I don't know the term. Uh, I can't remember. You put your cigarette butts in it. It's the metal canister, the, like the Japanese. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see him smoking a cigarette and all yeah. that, the animation and all that. But anyway. But no, no, yeah. That, um, that, that series is like, yeah, it it, it, it needs help. Like something needs, and I, I know obviously Kojima would never do it, but somebody who cares enough needs to come in and say, okay, we're, we're going to make this so that if in the year 2023 or whenever... If you want to play Metal Gear Solid, y- you know how to play those games because right now right. it is very, very hard to figure out how to play those games properly because it's a mess. Well, and and, 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 and MGS, the original MGS absolutely deserves a remake. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy. And uh, uh, real quick on four, I know you mentioned the load times. I will say this. Metal Gear is known for its long cutscenes and movie sequences. I'm going off memory, but MGS4, while I enjoyed it, yeah. wow, some of those some of those scenes, Molly, I'm I'm not exaggerating. There are some that I know were between like 30 and 50 minutes. I, I think was like the ending like 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, uh, yes, I think it was more than that. Yeah. Look, I uh-huh. I, I I'm not gonna say I love Kojima. I can appreciate Kojima, <laughs> but th- the man just needs to go ahead and make films already. That's what he wants to do, you know. Well, to be right. fair, though, I I absolutely loved Death Stranding, what he did with that. So, this is so crazy you say that because I finally a couple months ago put, I finally sat down and was playing the PS5 version, and I'm not saying I'm not going back to it, but I put about a good ten hours in, or maybe a little more. Molly, I hate to say this. I, there were certain things like the character models, certain things visually I loved, just taking in the scenery. It's an experience. Death Stranding is an experience. But as a game, okay. ooh, I was getting what, frustrated. What I will tell you and anybody else who has not played the game yet, um, and there are games that do this, and it, it, is, it is sometimes to their detriment, but um, so... I don't remember if they're chapters or what what the the different sections of the game are called. Mm-hmm. I think it's chapters, but um, what, chapters one and two are pretty straightforward. And then I'm I'm assuming you probably got to chapter three, and that might be where you gave up at because chapter three really opens up and it's a lot of back and forth and it's a lot of doing the same kind of stuff and it's. Um, much much bigger than the previous two chapters and it kind of feels like it's becoming a slog at a certain point and so i know that a lot of people get stuck on chapter three in that game and the thing is is you have to get past that chapter and once you do the game then really starts ramping up but it's 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 one of those games where it's got one of those chapters and uh funny for me to think about this but i i know like the evil within two is the same kind of way is the first few chapters were pretty linear and then you got to this big open worldy kind of chapter where there was a lot to do and a lot to get through and it felt the same way so i don't know why games keep doing this but um 
chapter three for Death Stranding is infamous for people in terms of like really being I didn't a know point that. where a lot of people give up on the game. So you you have to get past that because then chapter four is really interesting and it really picks up the uh, the pace from there. Hmm. So I'm assuming that's where you quit. Because if, if you're about hmm. 10 hours in, that's about, about be where you would be at, probably. Hmm. Well, yeah, so... Well, that's a sidebar there. I, I did mess around with that. And then Castlevania. Can, oh, that was the other one. Is there anything Castlevania-wise at this point knowing what we know and what is possible that you would care about. Say that again, please. I'm like, sorry. Knowing, knowing what would be possible right now for, for Castlevania. Um, right. Is there anything that you would be interested in? Oh, okay. I thought you were, I, I thought you were posing a question to me. Yeah. Which is what, what you were. Yeah. Um, I'm really torn because everyone, you know, I always go back to, you know, I want another 2D one. I want something that's really high-level sprite-based, beautiful animation. We have seen some classic series get modernized with three-dimensional aspects, with modern-day visuals from a 2D perspective. Um... You know, I've been... Well, it has to be Konami, right? Meaning they still have the... the Well... Boy, I don't know if this would be blasphemous. You know, if I wanted to go the old school sprite route... You know, there's that Brazilian team I've been real big on for a couple of their games. They did Blazing Chrome, and then they did the recent Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they would be qualified. You know, obviously we're not talking... This wouldn't be a AAA modernized Castlevania, but I do believe that's one route because... They're one of the few retro-inspired indie companies that I've played their stuff. And boy, I really think they... I, I feel like it could almost pass as Japanese. And they also did... Uh, it's now older, one of their earliest projects, Oniken, which is more 8-bit. That was inspired by Ninja Gaiden and Strider, which they did a great job on that as well. But, I mean, I'm just shooting from the hip here, but Castlevania, you know, the Lords of Shadow series, which I'm not an expert on, there are people who feel that that respectfully brought Castlevania into 3D. I think in some ways it was very reminiscent of God of War in some ways, but, you know, it did have beauty. I think it was done by that Spanish team, that team out of Spain. I can't remember the and name. I think Kojima, yeah. yeah, and Kojima worked with them, I think. God, because they they, they but, also did the 3ds game too. I'm pretty sure. Right, correct. Which wasn't which wasn't the the problem I have is like I like I have to assume that Konami is going to want to go bigger with this if they're if they're making a deal for I something. I agree. And so I don't think we're yeah. going to anything anything cool in 2D. And so like I just I just don't know that I care about a Lord well, of the Shadow game kind of thing. Well, here's the irony. The team that we're talking about from Spain, <laughs> aren't they the ones that did um, Metroid Dread? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they also did the 3DS one Boy, a few years did, prior. Did they do Dread? 
Yeah, yes. Yeah, look it up. Uh, fact check me. Yeah, Mercury steam. Yep, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So it is kind of funny because they do have experience with the 2D franchise bringing up modernized visuals and still maintaining a 2D perspective, and yeah. they're not exclusive to Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, Metroid Dread wasn't bad. I mean, it really, really wasn't a bad game. Or what if you took, uh, I'm going to talk stupid talk. What if you, what if you took the Castlevania franchise and had uh, Vanillaware do it? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that would be something. But are they are they exclusive to Atlas? Um, I don't know. I mean, they've only done Atlas stuff in the last 10, 15 that's, years, that's right? That's a good question. I don't think they are, but... Yeah, I mean, you could have... I mean, that would be quite... I mean, I would... You know what I... The first thing I think of with that, and it's actually not... Not that the game would be bad. I would imagine with the size of those characters or sprites with that look... I feel like that Castlevania would take like 15 years to create. And it would be really, really horny. <laughs> oh. Okay, uh, before we go on here, Anthony, I, I have a question for you. Um, are, are you an IRAM fan? Uh, absolutely. First thing that comes to mind, R-Type. No, no, but but are you are you a real Iron Man? <laughs> I like to think of myself as a uh, someone who appreciates Iron and and their heyday of the eighties no, and early nineties. No, 90s. no, Anthony, are are you a <laughs> legitimate real Iron fan? Is my question because if you are, and and if you're not a liar, then I have to assume you have already pre-ordered. Your four hundred and thirty dollar <laughs> IREM collection volume one through five collector's edition bundle. I, d I don't know what platform you've ordered it for, possibly PS Five, <laughs> but I have to assume yours is already on pre-order. I don't know what's going on anymore, Molly. Okay, so for people who do not know, including Anthony, because he shouldn't know, because the the retro re-releases -re uh, world is is completely insane now. Uh, this is coming through Strictly Limited, which, no disrespect to them, uh, other than their stupid European uh, spines on Switch games that have center line text. Because um, this is an IRAM thing, I have to assume. So, IRAM recently announced that they have done a, uh, a Volume 1 of the IRAM collection. Now, you might have heard about this, Anthony. Uh, this includes Image Fight from the arcade NES and PC Engine, Image Fight 2 from PC Engine, and X Multiply from the arcade. Now, did, did you hear about this one? Oh, oh seriously? Yeah, I don't want to ruin uh, your bit here. Uh, yes, I have, and it, okay. yes. Okay, so that is volume one, and there are four more volumes coming. Right. Now, if if you want to just order this, I don't I don't know what the actual cost is. Um, this is the art card bundle, uh, but you can also get that that thing because uh, there's like 800 versions here. You can uh, you can get the collector's edition of that, which of course would come with the Switch, PS4, or PS5 
version of that volume one collection. And then, uh, God, I don't know what, like a CD and an art book and, and stuff like that. Okay. So, so $90 for IREM collection, volume one collector's edition. But if you are a true fan, like Anthony says that he <laughs> is, then you can pre-order the IREM collection, volume one through five collector's edition bundle, which gives you a big box with all five collector's editions of the five IREM collection volumes that are coming out for which we have no idea what they're going to have on them. But you can right now for $430 pre-order that entire box set. And you better hurry because there are only uh, 92% left. Only 92% left. There are 8% are already gone. Uh, so he, here's the deal. I'm going to, the first thing I think of when I hear 430 bucks, and then I'm going to give you a more serious, or actually this is serious, but I'm going to give you a different take on this. 430 bucks. Now we're in the territory of buying a modern gen brand new console. So, uh, you know, Xbox Series S, PlayStation 5. Uh, or, or X, I meant to say. Uh, I mean, we're talking close after shipping 500 smackers. It's incredible. Now, I will say this about Strictly Limited. I've made a total of three purchases from them over the since 2020. Uh, I've received two of them. I'll make this one quick. I received their Collector's Edition Turrican set, which took forever to get. But I will say... It is one of the most beautiful collector's editions I have. So the reason I say that is sticking up for Strictly Limited in that the work that they do, like I bet you the actual collector's edition and goodies and quality that will be put forth from Strictly Limited for the Irem collection, I'm sure it's going to be top notch. The issue from Strictly a Gamer's perspective is Look, let's get real. That first collection alone, even if it has each respective console's version of Image Fight, Image Fight 2, X Multiply, the reality is, is whatever the rest of the Irem collection titles are, they should all be on one cart or disc in one collector's pack. Well, what what really gets me too is, um, well, I mean, a lot of things get me here, but like, they they give uh, hints as, as to what the next collections are going to be, and Volume Two and Volume Four are both further arcade shmup adventures, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 I know there's not a difference, right? Look, look, I I know there's not a difference between having this on PS4 and having it on Switch. Versus having on a PS5. Right. Right. But the idea of having a physical PS5, I mean, even getting aside from this this fun about the, the crazy collection thing. Um, P, having, having a physical PS5 release with, what is it? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five 
basically ROMs, right? Mm-hmm. A PS5 disc with five ROMs on it just feels right. Like it's it's very silly. It's very silly. I mean, you're t- you have a Blu-ray disc and you're putting like. I'm sure there'll you know, be a little bit of extras or the menu graphics or if we are really splitting hairs, but the reality is that's like, what, 50 megs worth of data? If that 75 megs worth of data, I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, I was going to try to look up and see, but I, I don't know that they have like the exact... Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, because we're going back to the 8 or like start of the 16-bit era. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like... I don't know. Like... And I know we've complained before about this, but it's we're just getting to this weird point where there's so many of these collections where it's just like, let's toss like four or five games onto a disc and call it done, you know, and 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 okay, and I know people are going to say, okay, but Molly, you you bought the uh, M2 Twin Cobra release, right? Yeah, as did I, which technically has three games on it. Now, it has different versions of those games, right? But M2 puts a lot of work into those games, making sure that the emulation is as perfect as it can be, all the all the extra stuff, all the, you know, the... I mean, if you play Twin Cobra on there with the, with all the, the side displays and everything, it's really crazy all the information that you get. And, you know, and those are hardcore releases meant to really preserve those games. Right. Where something like this is is not... It's, um, well, I mean, you know, and here's the deal. This will tie in kind of a segue of a bit. A segue. One of my strictly limited purchases I did get a mere four days ago, and that was Canon Dancer Collector's Edition on Switch. Right. Now, I mean, you could point Which, the finger at me and go, hey, that's one title. That's how ridiculous yeah. is that? But that was a very, I mean, that was such a laser-sided, unique offering. But... You know, kind of one of a kind, first time. But I mean, it's, I know what I was going to say. It's getting to the point where the companies know the audience that they're after for these releases, and now they're taking advantage of them. You know? But it's like we've said in the past, you know, it's not going to last forever. But, um,. You on the Twin Cobra set you got not to uh, go down another fork in the road. I know that came out about six to eight months ago. You did the Switch version, correct? Yeah. yeah. And and you know and 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 again, like I okay, so that was the way somebody, to go. By by the way, on that, for anyone who's listening, for the two people interested in that set, do not buy the PlayStation Four version. I bought both PS Four and Switch. Yeah, because there's something weird about it, right? Yeah, it was very weird because the the uh, Switch version was actually worth it because all of the eight bit aren't uh, all of the different variations of all the Twin Cobra games are on the cartridge. The only thing I, com- I had to complain about, and it was not Twin Cobra uh, related, there was a voucher code in the Switch to download that other like weird eight bit right. title, yeah. and you have to have a, a Japanese Switch account, which I didn't do. The PlayStation disc, as stupid as this sounds, only has three versions of... It has, like, Arcade, Mega Drive, 
and maybe one other version. I don't even think it has the NES versions on there. It's crazy because I can't. Wasn't the room, Anthony? There wasn't the room. It's crazy because I think I counted on the Switch cart. I think there's 13. I'm going off memory. 13 different versions, and the PlayStation disc had like three. You had to download the rest. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's it's. Um, but and 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 look and look. I I understand the irony that I was literally uh, maybe twenty four hours ago talking to Anthony about the Genesis cartridges I was going to order <laughs> um, from this exact same company. You know, that have uh, one game per cartridge. But the thing is, is like with that, right? And with like your Canon Dancer, like there there's there's special reasons that those exist. You know, Canon Dancer was a thing where we we never got the game back in the day, you know, and this was a very special release to come out. And so I can I can see and I can understand them wanting to make that special. I can understand wanting to 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 re-release NES Super Nintendo, Genesis, TurboGrafx games, you know, where it was one game per thing because that's the way they were, and you're trying to recreate that authenticity from back in the day. But with stuff like this, you know, especially on the heels of something like the the Atari 50th Anniversary Collection, where they put so much work into that thing, and it's got a ton of games on it. You look at, like, you know, the guessing k 40th collections and things like that like you know when nintendo pulls this that's that's because they're nintendo and they're gonna do that but like just don't don't do stuff like this (laughs) you know we don't we don't need we don't need five individual volumes of irem collections we don't need five physical ps5 that's crazy to to go across what could be 15 to 20 IREM games when it's all said and done? Five Blu-rays. I mean, that's wild. Anyway. Well, I guess as we wrap up our a little bit out of order, our retro talk here, uh, I might as well put you on a further guilt trip. So uh, let's confess to everyone the Mega Drive title you were considering from Strictly Limited, and that was Mad Stalker. There's, th- there's two, actually. I have two in my cart right now. Oh, my God. Uh, partially because of, of Anthony not shutting up about it. I have uh, Mad Stalker and Mega Turrican Director's uh, Hmm. So, yeah, Mad Soccer was interesting because, for those who don't know, Mad Soccer was a game, um, I think it was originally for, what, X68000? Yeah. Which, by the way, I just watched a really interesting video from Sega Lord X. Oh. Because he got that X68000 Mini um, that is not fully out yet. And he had some good but some negative things to say about it. Uh, but so the game came out, I think, on, like, PC Engine and then... You know, Anthony was telling me later on there was a a, a PS one version, yeah. which was kind of different because right. it was remade with you know two D three D kind of stuff. But so the story, as I understand it, was that like back in the day they were working on the the Mega Drive version and it never got finished. And at some point in recent years, they found the 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 code, they found the ROM, whatever code I'm assuming. Uh, they finished it up 
and then they did it as a official physical release, mm. which is pretty cool. Mm. So I wanted to kind of get that, and it's kind of it's kind of neat because it's kind of like a side-scrolling action game, but also has like fighting game controls to it. So it's almost like a fighting game. Oh yes, that's right. Side scroller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been going back and forth and getting that, and then. I was also like, well, there is Mega Turk Interrupters. Coming. Yeah, I was going to say something about that. It's nothing negative, but I, I understand your want for it on Mega Drive because of your your retro collection. So there was something I was going to say, but I'm pausing because I understand why you want it on the cartridge. Yeah, and 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 I I'm like, I I I don't know what I'm doing anymore with my life because I have Mega Drive Pro. I could just play all these off of. <laughs> ever drive but there is just something fun about having that cartridge to put in especially now that i got that stupid little tv that i bought at the oh sale. yeah but i saw that it was very nice yeah yeah so rocking the uh composite <laughs> again Can't, but it's like huh there's something about <clears throat> it there's something about having that little 14 inch tv with that composite quality the mono speaker and it's like this just feels real, and it's interesting to have that real feeling. Again. I got a random question for you. Speaking of uh, of uh, tube televisions, do you think that there's any company out there that would be crazy enough to do a run of retro style tube televisions catered to gamers? No, because it's it's the the this has been talked about, and the cost. I on, didn't know that. The tech behind that tube, those tubes, is just, it's it would be ridiculously costly to try to either reproduce it or to get it going. Really? And is that just because the plants or manufacturing facilities are, it's all antiquated and they're bye-bye now, so it would... It would ha- yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's literally no reason there, of, of, I mean, we as people who play video games can sit here and... and argue you know whether crt is better or Mm -hmm. not and for wise but in 99.9 percent of cases where televisions are needed like in this day and age you cannot make the argument that crt is better Mm. right i mean (laughs) remember like going to like sports bars and they had like the gigantic tvs like precariously hanging from the ceilings and you always wondered like if it's going to fall on his head or something or you know doctors waiting rooms or company lobbies or just anywhere like there's 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 no reason anybody could ever want to crt like for legitimate reasons yeah I, i would say the biggest difference off the top of my head going from standard to hd that which now obviously we're used to because it's been so long but I would say it was incredible, the detail. Uh, I'm talking like on live-action TV, the detail of someone's face. So don't you remember, uh, um, or actually I remember this in WWE, believe it or not, the women, and I'm not joking around, were very worried because... Yeah, no, everybody was, yeah. yeah. because you could like see the makeup or the pores in their yeah. skin. No, I mean, like, there's a lot of things. Um, God, I'm trying to think of, like what movie it was because there was a movie we were watching recently where it's like it it became very obvious where they had some sort of like facial facial makeup or facial prosthetic or something and like the the line between the makeup and their real head Mm -hmm. 
is suddenly very, very clear. Mm. And there's like lots of those little imperfections that you now instantly see where you didn't see them before. May I ask you a stupid question? Sure. You know, I've been buying a lot of classic anime again, primarily from discotheque, and uh, they've been remastering stuff on, uh, as we both know, on Blu-ray and, and 1080p. Great, great company. Yeah, this stuff has been going, you know, some of this stuff is coming back from like 1987, 88, 89. I don't know how ignorant I'm going to sound, but obviously I'm assuming part of it, some of this stuff, when they take it from a master, they're taking it from the original cells. Is that correct? Or from, mm-hmm. am I speaking correctly? For for the remaster, no, because the cells would have been photographed. Okay, and I'm sorry. Gotten so, rid but of. so the master would be the closest thing. It would be going from the cells to the original dump. So so w- w- what they're doing is because film stock was was it's 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 it gets a little weird to talk about resolution, right? But if you're looking at like um, 35 millimeter film or something like that, mm-hmm. like Technically, film stock is of a way higher resolution. Uh, I think. Well, at this point, I think I think some of it was like maybe two K or something. I, I'm not an expert in this, so so please don't quote me. But I remember, I remember back when DVD first started coming out, and it's like, man, these DVDs look so good, right. but they were still so far below the actual resolution of film stock, and that's why. Oh. You can get films from like the 1930s in black and white that you bring up to 4K and they look beautiful. It's because there was so much information in that film stock. And so what 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 you do in a restoration is you go back, you try to go back to the original film stock, and and take from from that and you rescan that, and then you clean up from from that. Because it, it gets a little weird sometimes. And again, boy, this is not my area of expertise. But I know, uh, for example, there was some weirdness with, like, I think it was Star Wars, the original trilogy. Okay. There was that point where they released the DVDs where... George Lucas had decided that he only wanted to give out, he only wanted to sell his new yes. versions of the movies. Yeah. But there was that one set where the DVDs also came with the original version. I used to have it and I gave it away. Right. But they weren't as high of quality. For example, they were an, an, anamorphic um, images. And I think what it was is that they had actually gone back and taken like the Laserdisc versions. Mm of the movies, they didn't go back to the original source. They had taken something like the Laserdisc scans or something like that and used those. But so whenever companies say they're going to go back and restore something, they're they're going back and they're trying to find the original film stock. Mm. And so that's why, like, if you if anybody knows about, um, was it 4K77? It's like the there's a project out there to restore the original three star wars movies in 4k wow on a, on a fandom level and what they were doing for that is because they wouldn't obviously wouldn't have the original stock to go back mm-hmm. to but what they did have is um people out there who had the original film roles 
that were sent out to theaters. Wow. And so you take those film rolls and and scan those in. But it's kind of like it's so basically like they have so for anime they would take the photos of the cells mm -hmm. and and transfer them to an original master. The master is a master role. And then from there they would use that to make copies that they would send out to theaters or to to production houses to like put on to VHS or whatever. Well, here is ultimately my question. This is a long way to get to it, but what you're explaining applies. I'm going to give a random example. There's multiple examples I can give over the last couple of years, including the ACO we've talked about. <clears throat> but I'm going to give you a random one because it's, while I always like the art and the manga and all that, I was never a huge fan of the, like, one-hour Appleseed anime from the late 80s. I remember renting it on right. VHS, and I was like, eh. The reason I'm picking this is I bought the Blu-ray a few months ago. I was blown away. Right. Like... I went from not caring about this to like, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. My question is, it's been cleaned up and improved so greatly. Is that what it originally looked like to the artist at the time? Well, so, so one of the problems that you have too is, is it's the question is like, what's been cleaned up, right? Because um, part of that can mean... So for Echo, right, is is they showed like production things of like, okay, so on on this scene, because of the way they photographed the cells, you could see art or whatever that wasn't supposed to be on okay, there. Okay, yes, right, yeah. and that it would get it would get cut off, cut off, cropped mm -hmm. out, you know, typically. And so, part of restoration can be going in and cleaning that kind of stuff up. Um, you can have things like. A hair got on the cell right. when it was photographed and there's a hair on there is is you know using computers to take that kind of stuff out and things like that but the 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 kind of downside becomes if they decide to do dnr which is digital noise res, uh, removal where they take out the noise because because of just the way film stock worked is that the 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 image would be noisy so if you look at if you watch like older movies versus newer ones that are filmed digitally, there's that that noise where, you know, if you have like a solid blue wall, for example, it's not going to be just blue. You're going to have like a, a, a noise to it. Right. And so a lot of those old anime have have that kind of noise. And there's a big argument about whether or not you should get rid of that noise. And the purists will say, no, you shouldn't because things get weird. Like uh, a great example is um, Terminator 2 on, on 4K, where they use so much noise reduction that like Arnold Schwarzenegger's face looks like it's like like plastic. Or oh, something. Wow. it's so funny. I, you know, it's funny. I bought that set last year and I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now you're making so, me want to go back and watch it again. So that's one of the questions is, is like, okay, so what do they do to it? You know, I mean, because especially if you compare old anime to new anime, because new anime is all colored. Because, I mean, because old anime was literally painted, right? They'd, they'd draw the cell and they'd paint mm -hmm. on the back side of it. And so the color was never going to be uniform. But if you compare it to, like, new anime, if if Eiko's hair is red, it's all one solid yeah, color. Yeah, it's perfect because of the computer technique, the... the right. Mm. And so there's kind of like that texture that's lost. Right. Um, 
but to, uh, and, and what I thought you were going to bring up, which is a funny part of all this, is one of the one of the interesting side effects to restoring old anime and having it in high resolution is um, for for people who don't know, anime was made by you have a background scene that's painted on like a white stock paper. And then you have the cell, which is a transparent sheet where they actually draw the character or the mm. vehicle or whatever on that. They paint the backside of that transparent sheet and they put the transparent sheet over the background to have the scene. But because they're two separate entities, when taking photos, sometimes there there's a little bit of a space between the two. So on some anime, especially in, in, in 4K and whatever, you can actually see the, the shadow of the cell on the background really so you can see that that they're not flat completely against each other so that's one of the kind of the downsides to anime i mean it's it's you might consider a downside you might consider it part of the charm have you but, ever noticed it oh yeah wow yeah. yeah damn well thank you for that i was curious i uh I can't remember how we got down that road, but yeah. But basically, so 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 what you're talking about, same thing as as old movies, is that when they when they when they made the master on on film stock, right. that film stock had again, you wouldn't have said resolution back then necessarily, but we would say resolution now. That film stock had a resolution that was much higher than the the mediums we've had since then, like. VHS or Laserdisc or, or even Blu-ray sometimes. So you can have old movies or old anime that look gorgeous because we've never actually seen the full detail of what was there right. unless you went and saw it in like a movie theater. Hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I know with all this movie talk, this is the appropriate time. I know you were first in line with your big popcorn bag and Coke Zero. Uh, to help once again, sadly, Sonic has been defeated once again by the one and only, the Italian plumber, Super Mario. Stupid Nintendo always win. <laughs> it looks good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy because, like, it's coming to... Yeah. to what? No, yeah, I'm listening. Well, it's coming to home streaming pretty quick. Are they already so, advertising it? I I think they did. Oh my god! The, these days, that that stuff hits like super. Yeah, fast. it's been out just over a month. It came out. It came out in theaters April fifth, so it's been about six weeks. And I know as of about a week ago, the movie Super Mario Brothers movie has grossed over one billion dollars. Yep. I mean, it looks good, you know. And and hey, good on Nintendo to finally have a a. Uh, Mario movie that they're probably happy with, finally. Yeah. But no, like I asked my twins, I'm like, "Do you want to go see Mario or do you want to go see the new Spider-Man?" They said, "New Spider-Man." The new Spider. Oh, you want to know how out of the loop the, I am? The cross is across the Spider Verse. Oh, oh, I did. You know what? I did see the ad for that. It looked good. It did look good. Yeah, the I, I loved the first one. Yeah, that's uh, that's my old double plus uh co-host son's favorite movie oh yeah mm -hmm. 
But uh, speaking of Spider-Man, we can wrap this back around to gaming here. we got a couple more topics before we uh, wrap up our nine-year anniversary episode, GVGP54. Speaking of Spider-Man... Yeah, I'm, 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 keeping, I'm keeping Anthony late tonight because um, we had a fun uh, suburbs <laughs> situation going on that kind of delayed our, uh, our, uh, our recording. I'll here. give a little inside baseball. It's 9.35 Pacific time right now, and uh, last night I was in bed at 6.45. So, <laughs> I actually, you know what, I, 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 I had a, a headache issues earlier this week, and I was actually two nights in a row in bed by like ten. Wow, that's, that was crazy. That was crazy you, for me. I have to. Did you feel better though? Then were you happy you went to bed early? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Spider Man, bringing it back to Sony, I know we were talking about. Um, Konami earlier, but uh, did you see the Spider-Man 2? Some of the uh, promo materials have seemingly leaked already ahead of the next PlayStation Showcase. Something leaked in video games? Hey, you don't get this. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I was in a weird mood a few days ago, and I was looking at, like, the highest-selling games of all time, and I was looking at, like, the highest-selling games on PlayStation platforms all the way from PS1 through PS5. Do you know what I think is one in, uh, or at least for PS4, the top game? Well, okay, this is tricky because Instinct is Grand Theft Auto V, but that spans several generations of consoles. You mean for only PS4? Yeah, I think it was Spider-Man. I couldn't believe it. That wouldn't shock me, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it, Yeah. but I, I was just... Another interesting pattern I saw... Besides Grand Theft Auto. Um, when I think when I think Gran Turismo, the heyday, I always think there was GT1, which shook up mm-hmm. the, you know, the gaming world. And I think you would agree, and I've talked to Gran Turismo veterans about this. If you had to say, what, okay, I'll test you. Which Gran Turismo do you feel, whether it be amongst your friends, <clears throat> people in general in the industry... What do you feel was the peak, the height, sales-wise and talk-wise of the GT series? See, I would say three, but then I was starting to question myself and if it was two. I mean, Don't I question would say... yourself. You're exactly right. <clears throat> I would say GT3. But the interesting thing is when I was just looking at the numbers straight up, you know, GT4 and GT5, they held a similar spot in lifetime sales for that respective generation's PlayStation, I was really blown away. I think it's one of those <clears> things <throat> where it's 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 like you've got those certain games <clears throat> that at a certain point, like I mean, like I'm not saying this is what happened to Elden Ring, but like Elden Ring, right when it came out, like just everybody was into. Now, you know, a better you know, let's let's go with a better uh, example. Let's let's do Mortal Kombat two. Right? Okay. When MK two came out, it was everywhere right. everybody played mk2 <laughs> right everywhere <clears throat> and i i like that's a weird series because you you could argue that the series then went down in quality from there but i think it's one of the cases where like i'm willing to bet the games past mk2 sold better than i think they did right and it was just a case of MK2 was the one that really hit and that everybody talked about. And then past that, it was just a lot of 
people who just kept buying it and kept playing it but weren't necessarily talking about it right i think i think like franchises get into that kind of point where a game comes out a game really hits big and then just because it hits so big and has so many fans and people keep buying the games but like that that it being in the zeitgeist right that public conversation might not still be there well, and I got to tell you, speaking of MK, this is good timing too. You know, I was a MK hater for years. I, I just couldn't understand it with the gameplay yeah. of Street Fighter and all that. And I started to come around the last few years, at least primarily from a technological perspective. And I got to tell you, after playing UMK Eleven, I am very interested. Just from a tech perspective, I'm very interested to see MK Twelve. Ah 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 not 12 it's mk1 what it's mk1 the it's probably gonna be a reboot no stop no did you did you see the trailer that came out in the teaser no yes the 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 it's a it's a clock and the hand goes from nine to (laughs) ten to eleven and as it's starting to hit the twelve it like freaks out and goes all the way to one i just got done praising that that i'm telling you umk 11 especially running on ps5 it is crazy but so so what are you saying like does that mean we may not have the plethora of characters or they're like did they give no i i i think i think i think storyline wise mk from those kind of games it's like because they actually care about storyline, which you should never do. Um, <laughs> and I think things get just so convoluted in that series right. that it's good to just just do a wipe and start fresh again. But no, so it's it's again my my problems. But it's funny that we're talking about this because I literally last week got a copy of MK2 for Genesis. Really? For uh, where'd you pick because that? Of course up? I did. I it was a really it was really cheap. Uh, it was like six dollars uh, for, for on, online. Yeah. And um, I put it in, I was playing it, and I'm like, and half of me was like, yeah, it's kind of neat to play MK2 again. And the other half of me is like, man, this gameplay just is balls. Right. It's complete right. balls. <laughs> I've always thought that. I think, I think the franchise did finally become a legitimate fighting franchise with nine. Yeah, everybody, they people got mad at me on it. the old uh, podcast. Uh, fans were literally telling me on Twitter, this is a, I can't believe how long it's been now. They were actually kind of getting upset at me because I was so adamantly against Mortal Kombat. It's funny you say that. Mm. You're dead on. You're dead on. So I didn't listen. I didn't get nine, but I did buy 10 at the time. And while I didn't spend an excessive amount of time with Ten, I was I, I did play enough to appreciate and understand, okay, this series really got it really advanced. Like there's still It did. Yeah. It did. But But yeah. what what's what's interesting and I, I really, really wish I could find this video again. There's a a, a a super interesting video that came out that was explaining the the thing about Mortal Kombat's animation system mm-hmm. that makes non MK fans hate the games. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the term, uh, and we haven't talked about this, but I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's usually one of the things I gripe about. And I know I sound like a broken record, so forgive me. While that is still present in Eleven. 
I just consider it something akin to like Tekken where that's just Mortal Kombat, but I have to tell you, I will praise it one more time. The leap in visuals and tech oh, yeah. in 11 is just, I, I can't complain about it anymore. But no, but I but I'm, I think that's part of the reason why there's a divide. Yes. In in people who like it and hate it because yes. I think if if you went to MK and that was your main thing, then you're used to it and you don't notice it. Whereas if you're coming in from other fighting games, like the in it's it's hard for me to explain because it's re- you really have to kind of watch this video. But they go through like what's so different about Nether Realms fighting games, mm-hmm. and so it's it's not. Like, there's a legitimate reason why people who don't like MK don't like it. And it's not because the games are bad, per se. It's just because there's this thing about the way those games play that is is so counter to how a lot of other fighting games play. Right. So if you come at the MK games from the other perspective, it's very hard to like them. I got a question for you, and this will actually segue right back into... Uh, this will lead to another showcase that took place a couple weeks ago okay nobody asked me for my opinion on this right now and before I voluntarily give it if if you had to pick one fighting game and only one fighting game just from I'm not talking in terms of character because here's the thing I think you and I you know Tekken well I guess we'll throw Tekken a little bit under the bus Tekken plays like Tekken I'll throw Tekken all the way under the bus. I am very... I want to make this clear. I'm very looking forward to Tekken 8. Okay? Just... I think it looks cool. They've always got the cool factor. I always look at love looking at the new animations, the throws. That's... Anthony sent me a text telling me how much he liked that new Paul Phoenix design. <laughs> he said he loves how Paul Phoenix looks now. So, but... If... You can only pick one. What do you think the greatest game pl- from a gameplay perspective? What's the greatest fighting game of all time? Gameplay? Yeah. Perspective? Yep. I know my answer. I mean, I mean, We're okay, only it's just like talking what about... do what do I like the best? Sure, or yeah, what, I mean, what do I think uh, is just the best fighting game system? I'm going to say yes to that. On a game yep. Play. That's, that's that's two different things. Well, I asked what, what, when you, you play, when you yet. play, I, uh, uh, let me reword it a little bit. In terms of how you feel, even though this is a bit opinion, in terms of in terms of responsiveness, fluidity, mm-hmm. and overall gameplay, what's the greatest fighting game? I mean, uh, I I will go back to Sam Show Two until the day Jesus I die. Jesus Christ! Wow, I, I right. did not expect that. But if you're asking me what do I think on a technical and gameplay level mm-hmm. is the best fighting game that has ever been created. And, uh, yep, yep. In terms of playing it, uh, you're saying everything that I think should work works mm-hmm. the way it feels. I, I, might, I might have to go third strike. Wow. And I'm not saying, wow, like you're wrong, you're a dummy. I mean, okay. Because I, I, I just, I feel like that game was so, and and I'm saying this as not a hardcore Street Fighter 3 person, but like, I mean, I, I, I really like Street Fighter 5. I'm loving 6 from what I've played of it so far, but I just think that 
everything to me felt like it completely clicked in SF3. Mm. What what is, what is your answer? Virtual Fighter. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. I just I, feel like I I think my problem with that is that there's there was and still is an awkwardness to any fighting game that has 3D movement. Hmm. Even in that one, huh? Oh, well, let me even specify. In, Hold on. I love. I mean, virtu- I, let me I get very specific. Uh, um, when I say even that one, I'm referencing the you know Virtual Fighter Five. Okay. To get very specific, yeah, because if we're still to be fair, to be to be fair, VF. My time with VF was VF two. Then I played a lot of three uh, TB because of of early Dreamcast right. days, and I had much to play right. on it. I haven't played much past that. Well, and let me make this clear: I'm not a Virtual Fighter expert, and I don't play it. I, I'm 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 going to bat for it here, but like, I want to make this clear: Virtual Fighter. Historically, I haven't played it. Like I've played Street Fighter way more. Uh, sadly, I've probably played Tekken more. Whether that be because of just what's popular, you know, what what mm-hmm. people are playing. But just from a strictly gameplay perspective, I mean, I really don't think virtual the modern. When I say modern, it's ten years old. But Virtua Fighter Five is. Boy, it, a lot of it has to do with the responsiveness. I mean, there are people who still love that game. But and it it it, it what it like? I mean, just didn't it get like a re-release? Not yeah, it was. Uh, I think two a year and a half ago. Yeah. But I think the big complaint the people everybody was excited. It had a lot of you know it had all the DLC content. They even added some really cool. Uh, ironically, Tekken and Yakuza costumes. The big problem people had was, I dare say, it did not have rollback netcode, mm. which I guess a lot of people felt killed it. Yeah, I mean that's the problem these days. It's like it's like if your game doesn't have rollback when it comes out, unless it's like a really 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 big game, then that. Can Let me it. ask you this: uh, When people say rollback netcode, this is my guess. I can just Google it, but my guess what that means is. Does that mean the code, the online component, compensates for any lag and and evens it out on the fly, like adjusting frames? It has. to I am not the person because to I would try imagine, to I mean, and I'm guessing because, without. But I mean, what, what, because the the problem comes in in that at some point one person is connecting to the other person, mm-hmm. so one's the host, right? And the person who's the host will always have the advantage in theory, oh, because see. everything's happening on their machine first, right. and then it's sent to the other machine. And I, I think by nature, rollback is something where it, it if there's a, a delay in what's happening, I, I don't, because cause if, I, if I tell you that it, it makes things go back to a certain point to even out the game, that would make you think that things are jumping around and, and like time warping and stuff, but it doesn't work like that. So it's it's something that's beyond my scope of, of knowledge, but there's there's different things where like I think there's one version that kind of predicts what it thinks the other player is gonna do. 
to try to keep up with the with the the difference mm. in in lag and then it must um, have but, something to do the only way you could do something that quickly my guess is it has to have something to do with the button press or the signal that's sent it has to yeah so so whatever it is is rollback is something where it has become the the seemingly best option for how to handle fighting games online. i'm going to throw out a challenge here this goes to uh for digital foundry if they're listening with all of their phenomenal analysis videos they should educate the fan on roll on uh rolled back netcode and show some visual differences or timing differences that would be educational yeah because i said I know, I know there's a few different options out there but because i think i think did, did rollback come through ggpo uh, but that, that sounds right that sounds correct yeah which which for anybody who doesn't know good game piece out mm -hmm. it was a fan created technology for getting fighting games online back when fighting games weren't online yeah i think it was like implemented into MAME emulated or uh, roms and stuff yeah. too across country yeah yeah uh-huh but um oh shit and, and and what happened funny is that the the fan created netcode was the better option than the <laughs> big company stuff so. well here's my my other statement on that and this uh my guess is if if fighting games, if not all of them are implementing it, it must be challenging to. I'm assuming it's not as simple as a snap of the fingers. Yeah, but I like. We're at a point yeah, I know. <laughs> where companies know this, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like they they know right. what's going on, so you would think that like you would just just do it <laughs> because you know people are going to complain it, it's going to hurt your sales and everything right i don't know well speaking of <clears throat> all this back and forth on what the greatest fighting game is or at least from a gameplay perspective we are a mere about three weeks out from uh street fighter 6 did you watch the showcase um i've i've watched a number of them I'm not sure if I've watched the most recent it one or not. It was the, um, it was April 20th, 420. And, uh, you know, that was the one they, when they announced the, uh, the demo. And it was the 45-minute okay, yeah, 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 presentation. Yeah, that was also, was that the DLC characters too? Or? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, but yes, it, yes, it was because it was the three or four characters, and then you made a statement uh, raining on everyone's parade, saying you'd be happy with the slower rollout, not kind of bombarding us. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. was a smart statement. Yep. But uh, it's gonna be, uh, you know, because I, I know we're pressed for time here, so um, it's gonna be a heck of a summer. I mean, because we've got Street Fighter Six, Diablo Four. It's all the, that's all in three. That's all in two and a half weeks of each other. We've got Armored Core and the end of the summer in August. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a heck of a summer for games coming up. Where, uh, where do you rank Armored Core in your personal list of mech games? How how uh, how do you see? I've not played a single Armored Core. I'm not going to be a pretender here. Oh, you. Um, I I here's the thing. I've always known about From Software. I've always known about their games. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew Kingsfield. Uh, <laughs> I knew Cookies and Cream. I knew uh, I think with with Kuon, 
uh, from Soft. K U O N. I can picture it, but I I, I yeah. can't. Um, I knew. Uh, God, what's that other? Uh, Echo Knight was that there? Jesus. Anyway, I've known their games. I've known Armor Core. I I I ain't play We have something in common. I'm excited, and I'm excited that it's not going to be Armored Souls. I think that's an interesting idea. I'd love to see Armored Souls, but I that's not what they need to do. And it's it's very exciting that we're getting something that is not Souls from them again. And I'm very excited to join up and finally dip my toes into the Armored Core pool. And I know I have seen a whole lot of Armored Core fans. Um, they They very easily could have been like, where were y'all before? Right. You know, you bandwagon riders or not, they are. Everybody I've seen has been super excited to have new blood come into the fandom, which is cool. So, I'm excited to play it finally and finally play Armored. Uh, I will definitely be getting it when it comes out, um, but I won't give everyone the long diatribe. I'll make it real quick because I've said it years ago. Over the years, uh, I always thought the best competitive mech game was Virtual On. And when it came to mission-based mech action, I gave it to Zone of the Ender's second runner. And then if we're going back to the 16-bit days of yesteryear, uh, I would say Cybernator and then your target Earth. And I would maybe even throw in like a Gun Griffin Blaze. Yeah, see, the other thing is, is like in my younger days, I just was not into mecha stuff. So, like, I missed, you know, there was, <coughs> I don't know if it was Chrome Hounds. There was some game I remember that sounded so interesting to me where it was like an online game. And there was like kind of like a, a living world almost to it. And then, um, I don't know if it was Chrome Hounds because that, that was Xbox. No. Yeah, yeah, it was Chrome Hounds because I'm because there's 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 Chrome Hounds, which which was from software, um, but there's also Steel Battalion because Steel Battalion oh, was yes. a crazy controller. Yes, how how could I forget? So there's yes. there's been a few mech games yeah. that like caught my interest, but I I have played very and then like the Front Mission stuff. You know, there's there's I've played very few, but I as I've gotten older, I've gotten more interested into the mecha stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it looks good. I, I would say, as dumb as this may sound, you know, the trailer looked great, the visuals, but some of the still shots, the like the 4K photos of the game, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that looks pretty good. But um, let me see here if we want to wrap this up shortly. Um, we'll just rapid fire here. So we, SF6 looks good. I did not download the demo just because of everything else I'm playing right now. I'm going to... I don't... I, you know what? I don't... I Just give me the full game. I don't yeah, need any more demos or betas yeah. at this point, so... Um, I will say this. Uh, I hate to be the person that said, uh, I told you so, but about a decade ago, I told some people saying uh, Final Fantasy kept inching closer and closer to Devil May Cry. <laughs> and I feel like I may have predicted that. Now, for myself, for me... That's incredible for me for FF16 because I'm such a DMC fan. Uh, I don't know how I, I don't know how the hardcore Final Fantasy fans feel, but I thought FF16 showcase. I thought that looked excellent. I I think this is, um, you know, because of the people involved. I think this is 
the most interested I've been in Final Fantasy since 12. Yeah. I, I actually, at the end of the day, um, I, I kind of, I kind of liked 15. It had problems. Uh, some, a few of which got fixed later, but it had problems. But I did kind of like how it turned out. But I, I think this to me is far more exciting. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird having a, a fantasy Final Fantasy again. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even versus versus yeah. a sci-fi yeah. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. That looks good. And then uh, today is as we I don't know if we alluded to it earlier. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom today's launch day on Zelda, but I haven't popped it in yet. I watched the uh, uh, MVG Modern Vintage Gamer uh, take on that, which looked excellent. I know Molly can't wait. As soon as we're done recording, she's gonna pop it in and. I I, I I do have a I do have a copy. Oh, you do. <laughs> yes. Um, I have not played the first one though, so I. Well, know. I gave you that seven-minute video. We can. Oh, speaking of seven minutes and time, I saw the dumbest thing earlier, which I didn't click. Someone allegedly has already a speed runner has gone through Tears oh. of the Kingdom in ninety-four minutes already. Like I don't, I can't even wrap my head around that because. But I mean, was the wasn't the whole thing about the first game that like you could technically just go straight to Ganon? Yeah. How how do you do that? Because it, it, I don't, how, I don't know. Anyway. I think one one of my favorite videos is um, and I don't know her name, but there is this video of this this person who was doing it live streaming uh, the original Breath of the Wild, and she was like seventy some hours into okay. it. At and at that point, she found the tutorial area, which she had not found before. What? And and she learned there was like two or three moves in the game that she never oh knew existed, and she. And she she was like seventy hours. You gotta and be kidding me! Most of the game without these these couple like kind of core mechanics, right. and she's just like, she's just like, are you kidding That's me? That's mind that blowing. Seventy hours in, I find the tutorial wow. and I'm learning things I didn't know. Wow. Um, I'm just taking one last glance here. I did free comic book day last week. E3's dead. E3, yeah. Uh, is, uh, I'm not trying to be a hater. Or f- all hail or f- Summer Games Fest, I yeah. guess. Um, um, X- X- is Xbox, Xbox dead? Is ne- Xbox is never going to win, according to the person who runs Xbox. I saw that. What was that's that's a whole other show in and of I itself. I mean, like it was it was it was refreshingly honest, but it's just like. Are you really supposed to say what you you said that Xbox? I mean, it's it's the truth, right? And I mean, you know, Phil Spencer said the 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 reality was Xbox lost the most important generation. They lost the generation last last gen, gen when everyone was going digital, right? And now that everybody has these big digital libraries. It's much much harder to convince somebody to switch platforms. Oh, and I so didn't. Oh, Xbox, I, I see. Yeah, I mean, that, that's see. one of the things he said. Is like, like, like we lost the worst generation to lose because that's that's when everybody started buying digital games. I and never if, even thought of that. If you've got a shelf of twenty PS4 games, right? Yeah. And you're curious about Xbox, so you can take your PS4, you can take your twenty games, trade them in, 
get money towards your your Xbox and just just move over. But if you've got a PS4 with like 20 digital games, and all of a sudden if you bet the PS5 and all those games are still there and you can't sell them anyway, like you're probably gonna be more likely just to stick with PlayStation at that point. And so that was one of the things he said is like we lost the generation we shouldn't have lost, you know. And and now it's just it's good it's it's even if which and this is the the one of the things that a lot of people are arguing is he said, you know, even if we have hit after hit after hit after hit, it's not necessarily going to change the amount of consoles we sell. Because of hmm. because because it, there there's so much more now tied to what console you purchase versus just what the big games are on it. And that's the part where some people are arguing, you know, is is like if I'm on Xbox, might I sell my Xbox and move to PS5 because of all the big game Sony releases? Well, maybe. But I said there, there there's so many more things now tied to consoles and and these consoles now are so connected to each other versus previous generations where it was like a f- refresh every every you know start every gen that it's it's harder it's harder to convince people to move to a different platform well, so it's now. a lot of money spent it's a lot of yeah. m- l- let me ask you this maybe we can end it on this note now we're going to put the voodoo hex curse on it does this give further motivation for nintendo to make sure their next console is backwards compatible with switch i mean like god i hope so the, the problem is with nintendo is you always want to say well of course they're going to do something <laughs> but you can't say that but like i think i think they have to right but they kind of don't have to I just, I mean, because we're at the point now, like, what, Switch is at 120 North of 122 million. Right. And so it, is, is, it, is it number three of all time now? Or it's pretty yeah. close. Um, and I, because it, 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 gets, it gets weird, right? Because people will say, well, if you have an iPhone, you get a new iPhone, you have all your games still, right? That is not, it's not always true. There's, there's been times when, Apple moved, you know, from 32-bit to 64-bit, and anything 32-bit just didn't work anymore. There's old games that just won't work because of of new operating systems, stuff like that. But we are in a a an era where more and more people are expecting their digital purchases to move with them. Right. You know, so I I think it's going to be harder and harder for Nintendo to just get a clean break. And I think that the good part is, if you look at like the kind of chips they're going to be using, the the chips are, from my understanding, pretty pretty much a generational leap from the previous mm. ones. Not a not a completely different mm. architecture. But same time, Nintendo's going to Nintendo a lot of times. <laughs> um, so I, I I don't know, but like like you know, you and I both have more money invested in the switch than we really should right and if a if a if a switch pro comes then cool right but if a switch not even a switch too like if a, just a new system comes right. where things aren't compatible like i get i get really 
iffy on if I'm going to invest again. Oh, right. On that on the level that we have, I agree with that statement. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what you and I have invested, I mean, I'll say right now, especially at my age now, I never thought I would eclipse PS2, 3, 4, like for each. Switch is the most I've ever purchased on one generation of console. I will, that will never happen again. Yeah. And I mean, especially for me, like, I, I'm in a weird situation because I have to play games for work, right? And so I kind of have to have all the platforms. But just more and more, like, as a person who, who plays video games just for my personal time, like, I I don't have as much time because I have children. And I'm also thinking about what I want to play with my kids. And the thing is, is, like, having having that Game Pass or having that PS Plus is a big deal with children because that gives them a lot of things to play without spending mm. a lot of money. And I, if I was not playing for work, I, I could theoretically become like a one console. Person. Right. And at that point, I don't know what Nintendo's place in my home is, at least for now, until, until a point where maybe my kids care about Nintendo. Right. And then want those games. Right. Hmm. Because, I mean, like, right now, like, for example, tonight was game night for the kids, and they played, um... God, God, what's that? Uh, the Astrobot game on PS5 that came installed on it. Oh, yeah, I want to say Astro's Playroom. Yeah, something like yeah, that, Yeah, it's right. fantastic. They played that tonight. Uh, last time we played games together, we played Minecraft on Xbox. Every now and then we'll play Mario Kart on Switch, but, like... At the, right now, like, they don't care. They just want to play games. So most of their gaming is Xbox stuff. Hmm. So we have a Series S in the, in the living room, you know. Um, so they're still at the point where it's just, like, they just want to play games. And a lot of kids are like that. And so, you know, we could survive without a new Nintendo system if they're going to not have backward compatibility. Right. But I really think, I really have to believe they are. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, on that note... As we start to round out GBGP episode 54, nine-year anniversary, don't forget uh, not only to hit the download button and subscribe on iTunes or wherever your favorite podcasts are for GBGP, don't forget to check out mollylpatterson.com for recent reviews from Molly, uh, everything from... I'm going to have new stuff going up on there. I'm going to have... I'll be writing about uh, Japan's uh, game store scene pretty soon here. Oh, nice. I'm going to write an article about uh, the smartphone apps you should have if you're going overseas. Mm. Got a few other things in the works, so I'm going to actually have new stuff and original stuff up on that site. Oh, very nice. So you can you can relive the classics of some of her work, everything from SMT5 to Danganronpa Decadence to Metroid Dread, Blue Reflection, Second Light. And much, much more all coming to... Where, where is SMT5 on, on uh, PlayStation 4 or oh, 5 yeah. or whatever? <laughs> where, where, where is that game? How do we not have that yet? <laughs> oh. oh I'll, yeah, it's not the time, but just yeah. speaking of re- going back and forth from Switch to PS5, uh, big thumbs up. Uh, and what some other people are considering a game of the year contender, shockingly, Octopath Traveler 2. I just had to throw that out there. 
But uh, yeah, don't forget uh, once again to continue hitting that download. We want to thank you for listening. Once again, check out mollylpatterson.com. We appreciate everyone's patience as we head into these heated, red-hot summer months. So with that, on behalf of Molly, myself, Anthony, we want to thank you so much. And until next time.